Amen. Family, listen, we want to do something real quick right now. You know, this is something we never do. We've probably done it twice in our life, but I want to take an extra offering today because I want to bless this ministry. And I, and I want us to, we're going to partner with this ministry for, for more than just today. We want to get into a relationship where we can be constantly pouring into lives. Amen? So if the ushers would come. Father, we just ask you right now, God, that you would help us to sow a seed into something that's, that's doing amazing things, God. And we just want to get behind it. We just want to be a part of it, Father. We ask you to bless bless this offering. Multiply it, Lord God, and let it touch lives and change worlds in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I don't have 
not the same and I hope that will carry me home I am redeemed you've set me free so I'll shake off these heavy chains and wipe away every stain How you doing, family? I'm grateful to be here because I see a lot of people in here whose lives I can tell have been changed because they've been through what I've been through, what these people have been through. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about my past. I'm not going to get into too much detail because I don't want to glorify what the enemy's done, but I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I take no pity in my past because I know what I've been through has made me the man I am today. Whether it's my trials yesterday, whether it's my trials tomorrow, whether it's what I'm going through right now, it doesn't matter. But when I was, when I was born, um, I was born into a family that was a, a heroin addict for a father, an alcoholic mother. Um, at a young age, I experienced the, the death of my father, the death of my stepfather. Um, I had to witness my mother um, going from man to man to try to uh, please herself, to try to satisfy herself, um, to heal that pain that she was experiencing. And to this day, she holds guilt, but um, I thank God because uh, he's got his hand over top of me, over top of her. Um, when I got older, by the age of 17, I had already, I'd been um, in group homes and foster homes and programs. Um, I was in and out of jail. Um, when I, when I turned 17, I was in a program and, uh, I accepted the Lord in my life. Um, this was 2011. Um, I ran from him. I spit in Jesus' face. I didn't want anything to do with him. Um, I was on fire for a little while, but I, I, I ran. As soon as I got out, I ran back to my mess. And like the word says, it got seven times worse. Um, God knew I wasn't, I was going to come here in 2011, but God knew I wasn't ready. Um, as I ran, he constantly was breaking me, and, and I, I'd, I'd say short prayers, but now that I look back, he answered them. Every single one of them, he answered them. Um, when I first got here, I wasn't, I wasn't broken yet. Um, it took me a long time to, to experience that, that breaking process, and it wasn't me. M me standing here, it's not me. It's the Christ in me, because I, I'm, my heart... It, 
it's, it's in me. The, the sinful nature is inside of me, but, but, but God's grace is sufficient for me. And when I look back, I, I see the love of Christ that, that is constantly growing in me. No matter what I go through, um, God had to break me. He had to bring me to a point where I thought I was going to have to go back into my mess and deal with it all over again. Um, I've been through constant trials, constant tribulations while I've been in this program. I'm right now going through a situation with my mother. She's, um, she's struggling with cancer, and uh, it hurts. But I know that everything works out for the good. I know for a fact that it works out for the good, and um, God wants to keep me weak. He wants to keep every single one of us weak with the trials that we go through, with the, um, the problems, the struggles, so that he can be glorified in us. I see my future, and it's, it's going to be glorified because... He who's in, in the hand of the Father, no one can pluck him out. I know for a fact that God has his hand over top of me in my trials. He still has his hand over top of me. My, my pastor can testify. Um, once I truly started to, to grab um, the gospel and, and what it had to offer me, the love, the, um, just how sovereign God is, I told my pastor, I said, I want to take this and I want to run with it. Every day I still struggle, though, but I, every day I have to wake up. I have to have faith in the word. I have to have faith in Jesus Christ and what he says, what he tells me, who I am, that I am a son of God. And I, I, every day I have to wake up and faithfully believe that. Every day I have to faithfully believe that. I, I'm getting ready to graduate the program. I've got six days. I've been here 18 months. Um, When, when I look back, I know it's not me, because the things I've done, you know, I shouldn't be here, but I know that um, it's God working things into me, working things out of me, and um, I'm grateful. Uh, you know, I know the scripture says we are dead to sin, but we're alive in Christ. It's my past sins, it's my present sins, it's my future sin. God knows. He sees everything. He knows the plans that he's got for me. He knows what's coming ahead, but I'm for me and for everybody in here, all we have to do is have faith and trust. Trust in God and what he has coming. Amen. Ms. Patrick, I'm going to have one more student come testify. This is Crystal. Good morning. Um, my name is Crystal. I'm 55. I'm from New Jersey. Um, I'm a mother, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother. When I first came to Teen Challenge, <clears throat> Let me slow down. <clears throat> I started doing heroin when I was 11. I'm just going to tell you what it did to me and how I wind up without, at Teen Challenge without going into the graphic details. My addiction took me to crack houses, heroin houses, prostitution houses, and abandoned houses. It took me to psych wards, emergency rooms, intensive care units, protective custody. I was kidnapped beaten, put in an intensive care unit, and then I had to be placed in, in intensive, um, I mean, protective custody. My addiction took me to county jails and eventually prison. When I came home from prison, I started back using. And I, um, where I was paroled to, it was a church downstairs, and it was this guy that I knew from my past addiction, his name was Pastor Reggie. Unbeknownst to me, he had went to Teen Challenge and um, graduated and further went on and became a pastor. So I had went to the doctor because I was sick and I learned that I was HIV positive. So there I was, trapped in addiction for 33 years and just learned I had an HIV status. So I went back to Pastor Reggie and he said he had 
perfect place for me. And that place turned out to be Teen Challenge. So when I first came to Teen Challenge, it was in September 2002. And I knew of God. I knew nothing of Jesus Christ, a relationship or nothing like that there. And I went with an ulterior motive. I only went to get physical healing and deliverance from drugs. So Psalms 118 jumps out at me. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord, and the Lord answered and delivered me. I stayed at Teen Challenge, I completed, and I went back home, uh, and I didn't follow what I learned at Teen Challenge, and I went right back to my mess. So I've been back at Teen Challenge since February the 10th. I came back for restoration. God is so faithful. My children didn't want nothing to do with me. I was on the brink of being homeless again. God will take you back to a point where you have no other alternative but to reach out and reach up and look up. When I got back to Teen Challenge, I was physically sick. So they had to send me out to the hospital. And when I went there, they did a blood workup. And it came back, I'm undetected with the HIV. Watch God. Watch God. Jesus. Jesus. So I asked this doctor, what did that mean? And she said that we would literally have to go into your brain, go into your lymph nodes, and go into your kidney to find out if you have any HIV in your body. And, I, and the test for that hasn't even been invented yet. So she was like, when I was telling her my drug history, I was telling her, look, you can't give me, if you're going to give me some medicine, you can't give me nothing that's mine or mood altering. And I was telling her my past history on and off. 44 years, a heroin addiction. And um, she said, well, where are you at? I said, I'm in a program called Teen Challenge. She said, well, how did they get you up drugs? Did they give you suboxins or whatever? I said, no, they gave me Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So. <laughs> here I am at Teen Challenge. My children calls me, they answer my calls, they call me mom, not Crystal. My son, one of my grandchildren and my great nephew done been to see me. You know, God is doing some amazing things in my life. Um, not only is he healing my body, but he told me you left before I can heal your spirit. And that's the most important thing to get healed. So God is healing my spirit now and the um, I'm going to stay on when I finish my restoration, and I want to go to the school of ministry. And the, the verse I want to leave y'all with is another verse from Psalms. It's Psalms 118 also, verse 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Well done. Praise God. He's our great healer. He's our great provider. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of first chances, second chances, third chances, and fourth chances. And he always finishes what he starts. Bless you guys. We have one more song to do.
Well, I'm going to testify of how my life has been changed, and I think I, how I've been changed. I have a positive word, and I have some life to speak today, and it's about the power of Jesus Christ, and uh, it's about my blessed assurance daily. It's about um, knowing God and about how my, God, my life right now is really great um, because of coming to know Him through the gospel and what He's done on the cross. And um, this is pretty staggering compared to my past. I grew up in a hard life like most of us. Again, we won't glorify that. Um, but it was hard without God, um, pretty much was always unsatisfied, always needing more and more in every relationship. And anyone around me, I would just consume anything and everything about you. And the second that you fall short, I was, uh, I was hungry again. My life, every single small wave that hit me, I was in despair. I had no hope. Uh, my testimony was nothing of hopelessness and death. My family, no matter what mountain, mountaintop or great thing God was doing in their life, I would hurt their faith and affect their faith with my negative stories of uh, just absolute helplessness. Um, I've been incarcerated before, and about the time I lost my mother and my little brother, uh, about two weeks apart, which was the only family that I had and lost absolutely everything, once again, I had become fertile soil, I guess uh, you could say, to receive this message of, that, that Christ has for us, and that's that um, God is, he is love, and that um, his favor and his, his love for you and his provisions for you and life is uh, it's a gift, and it's not on any merit system whatsoever. Um, the sting of grace and his love, what he did on the cross, uh, shook me so bad that it actually produced faith within me. And um, when, when I stood in faith, the actual presence of God that came upon me was so real and undeniable that it completely shook, shook me as a person. Uh, today... The, the waves in my life are 10,000 times the size as they ever were before. They're way bigger, bigger waves. Yeah, bigger waves. But, um, but I am so happy today, and I see Jesus uh, face to face, and um, his spirit, it lives inside of me, and it, and, it, and it bears witness with my spirit every single day that I'm his and that he loves me. Um, God is, uh, is so awesome. And uh, I've become something positive towards my family and uh, uh, speaking life into my family's life. It's a sense of encouragement now. It's a sense of victory through the power of Jesus Christ. And I just want to thank Jesus Christ for everything that he's done for us on the cross. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Charles Simpson. I'm the campus pastor at Brooklyn Teen Challenge and the director of the School of Ministry. 
and uh, good friends with Pastor George. And uh, last time I was here is a few years ago. And uh, I remember I got up and I gave a word. And I said, God has called Sanctuary Fellowship to cut through the religious traditions that have bound so many people in the Bronx, just like someone would use a machete to cut through, to cut a new path through a dense jungle. Remember that, Pastor? And uh, I didn't know it, but uh, <clears throat> Pastor had just been given a machete as a gift, and he put it up in the wall in his office. <laughs> so, are you all living up to your calling? Cutting new paths through jungles is hard work. <laughs> but I noticed last night on your website, it says this, join us in tearing away the layers of religion that have kept people from church for so many years and discover the joys of true community with the family of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, I'm going to give a short word. Um, turn with me to Psalm 116. I'm going to read the first uh, seven verses from the New Living Translation. Boy, I tell you, I love the sound of all those kids. <clears throat> now, if any of you guys start snoring, I won't like that sound. But I, I love the sound of kids reverberating through the sanctuary. It doesn't bother me one single bit. Praise God. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the lives that have been changed by the power of God. And Lord, I pray for everyone here today. I pray for those, Lord, who need a touch from you today. Jesus, I pray you'd speak to them. Speak to every one of our hearts, Lord, by the power of your love, by the power of your word, in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Psalm 116 from the New Living Translation, the first seven verses, says this. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. The psalmist starts this psalm by saying, I love the Lord because. And there are many reasons this morning why I too love the Lord. I love the Lord because he is so merciful, so loving, so kind, so powerful. 
But this morning, I want to talk for a moment just about one aspect of God that I really love. I love the Lord because He does not change. Let me elaborate on that. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. Hebrews 1.10 says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you will remain forever. They will wear old like clothing, but you are always the same. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And James 1.17 says, Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes. Hallelujah. God does not change. He does not mutate from being one kind of God to another. He's not going to mutate on us. The divine characteristic that theologians call the immutability of God is that God does not change. Holman's Illustrated Bible Dictionary says this. In biblical theology, God is described as unchanging in his nature and in his character. This includes God's being, God's purposes, and God's promises. In a world that is in constant change, the believer finds peace in a God who does not change, knowing that truth and values are grounded in the nature and character of an unchanging God. I love the Lord because he does not change. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What are the implications of that? Well, the one who heard and answered this psalmist's cry for help will also hear and answer your cry for help. The one who answered the cries for help in the testimonies that you heard this morning will also hear and answer your cries. Some of you believe that, and hopefully by the time I'm done, more of you will believe that. These are testimonies which testify of God's faithfulness. Hallelujah. One of the main reasons why Teen Challenge has become so successful is our focus upon testifying. Guys come into the program wondering if God is real, wondering if God cares about them, wondering if God can rescue them, and then they begin to hear the testimonies of the other students around them testifying of what the Lord did for them. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is exactly the same today as he was when the New Testament was written. He is still cleansing lepers. 
He is still healing the centurion servants. He is still delivering people who have issues. He is still hearing and responding to the cries of the blind. A couple got married in the 1970s when cars did not have two front seats, just one long front seat. When they first got married, the wife snuggled up right next to her husband as he drove in the car. A few years later, she complained, we don't sit all cozy together in the car like we used to. And the husband replied, I haven't moved. Since Jesus doesn't change, he hasn't moved. He hasn't changed. If we're still plagued with leprosy, if our loved ones are paralyzed by the enemy, if we have unhealable issues, or if blindness still clings to us, maybe we need to look at the leper and the centurion and the woman with the issue of blood, and the blind men, and learn from their interaction with this, with this Jesus who hasn't moved, with this Jesus who hasn't changed. In Matthew eleven twelve, the English Standard Version, it says, Jesus said this, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent... Take it by force. Or the amplified version. From the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. And violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. So Jesus said that in Matthew 11. What exactly happened from the days of John the Baptist until then? What was he referring to? Well, John the Baptist preached in Matthew 3. Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. And then in Matthew chapter 8, a leper came to Jesus, knelt before him. Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. And make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. And he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy left him. You see, this leper, he had to press through. What did he have to press through? Lepers were not allowed to be in public. But this leper, he had heard something. He had heard testimonies. Because in Matthew Chapter 5, or chapter 4, it says this. Matthew 4, 23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee and teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria. And people began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed, or epileptic, or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went, 
people from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, all over Jordan, and from east to the Jordan River. So this, this, para, this um, leper had heard that Jesus was healing everyone. And he pressed through his fears. He pressed through the, 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 the social stigma that lepers were supposed to be over there somewhere. And, and they weren't supposed to come into society. He pressed through that. And then afterwards, Jesus told him this. Go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Hallelujah. And then we see also in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus healed him. But this was a Roman centurion. This was a Roman who had a hundred soldiers under him. He had to humble himself overcome his pride and come down off his high horse and beg Jesus to heal his servant. And then we have in the next chapter, we have the woman with the issue of blood. A woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind Jesus. She touched the friend of his robe for she said, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed in that moment. Verse 27 of chapter 9. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Luke's version says that the crowd said, Be quiet. And they just cried out even louder. But when they said, Son of David, have mercy on us. An interesting thing happens in the next verse. They went into the house where Jesus was staying. In other words, when they cried out, Son of David, have mercy upon us, Jesus kept going and went into a house. And they probably grabbed somebody. Hey, hey, what happened? Well, Jesus left. He, he went into a house. What do you mean he left? We were crying for him to have mercy. <laughs> you ever feel that way? Jesus, help me. And you feel like he's left. He's gone to a house. <laughs> but the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. And as those two blind men, I can just picture them. What do, you, what do you mean he went into a house? Didn't he hear us? Oh, I, I think he heard you. You were screaming. But why didn't he stop? Well, I don't know. Well, where did he go? Where did he go? He went into a house. Which house? Uh, that red went over there. Well, we're blind. That doesn't help us. <laughs> Take us to the house where he is at. They went into the house where Jesus was. Somebody must have taken him there. So Jesus turned to them and said... Can't you see I'm ignoring you? No, I'm kidding. He didn't say that. <laughs> That's how we feel, right? <laughs> Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord. 
They told him, we do. Why did, that be, why did they believe that? Because they had heard testimonies. They had heard the testimonies. In Matthew chapter 4, right before the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus healed everyone. And the news of what he was doing spread throughout the whole region. They had heard testimonies. What God has done for others, God will do for you. Because he doesn't change. He's the same. He's the same God. Hallelujah. He touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. And their eyes were opened. Hallelujah. So let the reality of the unchangeableness of God, let that grip your heart. He does not change. When you hear someone's testimony, it's not, well, that's nice. No, God is speaking to you. You cry out to him like they cried out to him. He will answer you too. Let the reality of the unchangeableness. I, man, I love the Lord. I love the Lord because he does not change. He does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Lord, and he does not change. What he's done for these guys and gals, he will do for you. Hallelujah. What he's done in the Bible, he will do for you. What he did in Capernaum, he will do for you. The testimonies of Scripture are to produce faith in us, faith in this unchanging God. He will hear, he will respond to our cries for help. And in closing, I just want to read those seven verses again from Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. And then his testimony. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects. Amen. Verse 6 and 7. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. And Paul would add something from Romans 10. The Lord is good to all who call upon him. Amen. Hallelujah. So have faith in this unchanging God. Call upon him. Matter of fact, let's call on him together. If you have a need, Jesus is here to meet it. And uh, 
Let's just stand in the next few minutes, call upon the name of Jesus. You don't know how to pray? Um, Jesus, help! That's a good prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah! Jesus, we call upon you, Lord. Lord, you're the same Jesus. We call upon the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, the same, the same who walked the shores of Galilee, the same Jesus throughout church history. You have not changed. You are the same, Lord Jesus. You hear the cries of your people, Lord. You hear the cries of the destitute, Lord. You hear the cries of the blind, Lord. You hear the cries of those who are sick. You hear the cries of those who are bound. Jesus, we cry to you. Jesus, we cry to you. Call upon him now. Call upon him. Call upon Jesus. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. Lord Jesus, intervene, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we need you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we cry to you. Lord Jesus, we look to you. Lord Jesus, come. Come and touch us, Lord. Come and heal us, Lord. Come and save us, Lord. Come and restore us, Lord. Come and touch our hearts, Lord. Come and touch our minds right now, Lord. Lord, touch our minds, Lord. Some of us need a touch in our mind. Lord, touch our minds, Jesus. Lord, touch our minds, Lord. Take the confusion out, Lord. Take the torment out of our minds, Lord Jesus. Take the trauma out of our minds, Lord Jesus. Take it out right now. Take the trauma, Lord Jesus, out of our minds, Lord Jesus. Lord, come and heal us, Lord. Come and heal us, Lord, of the effects of the abuse that we have gone through. Jesus, 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 come and touch us, Lord God. Lord, like the woman with the issue of blood, we reach out to you right now. Jesus, 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 let your healing power flow. Let your healing power flow right now. Call upon Jesus. Call upon Jesus at this moment. Call upon Jesus. Let him heal you of your issues. Let him heal you. Let him heal you right now. Call upon his name. Call upon his name. If you have sickness in your body, call upon Jesus. Say, Jesus, heal me now. Jesus, heal me now. Jesus, heal me now. Jesus, heal my body. Jesus, deliver me from this infirmity. Jesus, deliver me from this infirmity. Deliver me from this sickness, Lord Jesus. Deliver me from this disease right now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I call upon you, Jesus. I reach out and I touch you, Jesus. I touch the hem of your garment, Jesus. Jesus, you're the same. You're the same. The same yesterday, the same today, the same forever. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for those in here, Lord, that are bound, bound by addictions, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, set them free today, Lord. Set them free right now, Lord. Set them free as they call upon you in this moment. Jesus, 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 deliver that man who's bound in pornography, Lord. Lord, deliver that sister who's bound in fear, Lord. Deliver them, Lord Jesus. Jesus, we call upon you. We call upon you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Call upon him. Call upon him from your heart. Call upon him from your heart. Call upon him from your heart. Jesus, we call upon you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, come and help us, Lord. Lord, for those that are backslidden, oh God, and finding it just so hard to come back to you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, restore them today. Restore them right now. Restore them at this moment, Lord Jesus. 
Lord Jesus, we come back to you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we surrender, Lord. Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, hear our cry. Lord Jesus, hear our cry. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, hear us, Lord. Hear our cry, Lord God. Hear our cry, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, come and restore. Come and heal, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, you're the same, the same Jesus. You're the same Jesus. You're the same Jesus. You're the same Jesus. Hallelujah. Restore families, Lord. Restore marriages, Lord. Restore homes, Lord Jesus. Lord, we cry out to you now on behalf of all the kids, oh God, in this church, oh God. We pray your blessing, God, upon each and every one of them, oh God. We pray your hand upon each one of them, God. Your hand of protection, oh God. Your hand of anointing, oh God. Your presence, let your presence fall upon the children's ministry in the name of Jesus. Anoint the teachers, oh God. Oh God, let all those kids know you, Lord God. Let them know you, Lord God. Let them come to know and love and serve you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Why don't we all just say the name of Jesus for a little while? Jesus, 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 Jesus. Some of you need to learn how to, some of you need to learn how to, yeah. If you were at a, if you were at a Yankees game and, and Jeter, Jeter came to the plate, you'd cry, Jeter. Let me tell you, Jesus is greater than Jeter. Jesus! 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 Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, just keep shouting the name of Jesus! Come on, we're gonna leave with celebration. We're gonna leave with Jesus in our lips and shouting the goodness of Jesus. Here we go. Who is this child that came to save the world? His name. Is this man that prevailed against the gates of hell? Jesus, his name is Jesus. Who is this king that reigns in majesty? Jesus, his name is Jesus. Yeah. Who is this king that's coming back for me? Jesus, his name is Jesus. 
One more time. Who is this child? Who is this child that came to save the world? Who is this man that prevailed against the gates of hell? Who is this king that reigns in majesty? One more time, say, who is this king that's coming back for me? Man that caused the lame to dance. Jesus, his name is Jesus. 